This is a Repair Nations podcast. Here we are with the Repair Nations podcast. My name is Malakia Johnson, and I'm with two people that attended the Year of Return Ghana trip. Um, can you guys state your names for me? Stacey Sutton. Appreciate you guys. Um, so, can we start off talking about some experiences that stood out to us from the trip? Anything that comes to mind, Krishna? Um, let, let me pass right now. Okay. <laughs> Stacy, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that. Um, so, while we were there, what really stood out for me was the. The amount of people that came to like the conference, it mm. was it was beautiful. I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. Um, so one, it was the number of of folks from the states, Africans from the states, that came over. Right, a number of us. There was there was a whole um, twenty five thirty people. But then the the things we were talking about drew so many people from mm. Ghana, from Accra, and from other places around. That you know that room was full of people. Yeah. So. That was really beautiful. Stood up. Definitely. I agree. I was not expecting the amount of exchange. I knew there would be an exchange, but not (laughs) the depth of exchange that we got. Um, Yeah, I knew that we were calling it a conference, but I didn't know it would actually be a conference. So it's like another experience. I'm like, this is like an actual conference, like a business-type venture-type deal right here. I was like really amazed at how things were put together. We were told how it was going to be, but I guess I couldn't envision it in my mind what it would actually look like and Mm. be like. And and hearing, like, okay, we were talking about how expensive shipping was. Now actually ordering stuff from Ghana and dealing with the shipping, it's insane. Mm. And, like, they weren't, like, they weren't exaggerating at all. Like, you know, (laughs) so it's making me think in, like, other issues they might have had or like you know real real truth you know what i mean like i couldn't believe that shipping was that expensive and mm-hmm. just like how how much you have to go through just to get like some, some stuff delivered to you it's crazy it's insane word um something that stood out to me was actually the deep intros that we did i think that was maybe the second day we were there mm-hmm. now that i've right. been thinking about it again I, I was re-listening to them, and it was like, whoa. There were just so many different experiences and so much vulnerability that was shown that was just really cool to be a part of. Um, especially, I don't know, so early on in the trip. Usually, you don't get to that level till maybe, you know, like the sixth or seventh day, y'all are familiar with each other but we got that we got there that pretty early on in the trip Mm -hmm. so that that was cool to be a part of um since you guys were already talking about the conference can we talk a little bit about since the trip um have you guys followed up with any people from the conference or doing any work with them or what you thought about the work that was done there krishna um, well, I've ordered some clothing. Uh, it just arrived 
to the location. I haven't got an opportunity to, to look at it yet, but it, it came. Uh, there were some issues with the, the shipping and, and the, uh, I guess the, the, the post department shipped it to the wrong address, but we were able to get the package back. So I'm happy about that. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do some more uh, ventures in the future. Word. Any thoughts about the work at the conference that was done? Oh, I mean, as far as the conference, um, I mean, it was beautiful. Uh, that that connection that I made was from the conference. Mm-hmm. The person who met, who is making the clothing, I, I met this person there, a, a very humble, spirited person. Um, and uh, the the conference itself was uh, eye opener because it, it allowed us to learn things about like, okay, if you want to start a business here. You know, you got to have 200000 in capital or machinery. You know, like, that's, these are real stats. This is not like, <laughs> ooh, I want to just have a business there. No, they, they let you know, like, what it really is. Like, this is how we get down. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it brought forth the reality of what the return to Ghana actually is versus what the fantasy was that me and maybe many others may have had coming into it. Um, I, I really appreciated uh, a lot of the, the things that I learned about there and like how serious it is for them to, to build capital to get the city, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. eye-opener. So, you know, for, for those of us who really want to go back there, we really have to be thinking in terms of what are we bringing, what are we working with? So, you know, that, that was what it was for me at the conference. Just a, a kind of like a, a reality check in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I remember a lot of people were, were saying things like, you know, stop saying that you're African and say you, you're a Ghanaian American. You know, mm-hmm. telling us, like, you know, this, on one level, this is home because y'all are here right now. You know, so yeah, like you could come out here. But then from other people, I hear that, you know, citizenship isn't all that easy mm-hmm. so whereas you could maybe get a business there for 200,000 I don't know if that included citizenship you know so that that's a whole another thing you know so uh, it was it was a lot of real like fat hardcore facts on what it would be like to to even like try to make your way out there and and get some roots going Right. And then we could talk about other living situations outside of the conference that we got later. But, uh, yeah, that, that's it. What about you, Stacey? Um, so what was the, the question is, like, what... So I have not really uh, done a lot with folks after the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some Ghanaian brothers that keep texting that, you know, do <laughs> catch... Just like oh my god, there's a, <laughs> what the, yeah. but but the but the conference itself. I mean, not just the conference, but I think I, I'm I'm struck by Christmas comments because um, I think it's really important that we learn like what it really means to to do this work, right? Because mm-hmm. we came, we went with a, you know high spirit, hopefulness, a mm-hmm. sense of being you know, our as as you know. Africans in the Americas, we're, we're kind of looking for a home, a different home, another home, I think. 
And so it was really important to hear from folks that this is not just a open arms come as you may. Right, right. <laughs> they, they had some real, real, um, there were real constraints, very much the constraints that are here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's, but at the same time, what I think is beautiful is that people are still trying to pursue it. So in terms of the way that the Ghana as a state has marketed it, you know, that's how I see it. I see it as a marketing mm-hmm. kind of tourism thing, right? Bringing people back. Cool. That's that's what they're there to do. But each person can like embrace that or kind of, or not in the way that's meaningful for them, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think it's it's really important to to know what it means to do business, um, whether it's with Ghana or any other country in on the continent and how challenging that is and so you so just by knowing that it helps you to see the the constraints that people are working with right it's not so simple to just ship things i can ship things to california it, it takes as long for me to from new york to california in terms of flying as it does from new york to ghana but obviously there are all kinds of barriers that make it hard and hard for people to just negotiate so but again, people here are, are trying to do it, right? Mm-hmm. With this group, they're trying to do it. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've still been talking with a couple of people that I met at the conference and interviewed for the podcast. And it's funny because one of them messaged me maybe last week or something and was like, what was the purpose of y'all's group coming again? And I told him to, you know, connect and exchange and to try to see where we could help each other out. And he was like, okay, thank you. I'll make sure to tell everybody, like, tell the rest. I remember, I just remember thinking, like, I don't know. I feel like the fact that we had kept in contact, if not anything, was like, and we've been exchanging, like, um, just like he'll send me pictures of his family or something. I'll send him pictures of where I'm at mm-hmm. or what I'm doing. And it'll be like, just a, hey, how you doing? Okay, cool. And then letting it be that. And and that's sort of kind of, I think, how some people felt. Where it was like, what did we do again? But the website is happening and, and meetings are happening, which is very exciting. Um, the conference... Yeah, when I was first there, felt a little mind-boggling um, because it was trying to do the same sorts of things that we're trying to do in the states with people in a completely different continent, and that was that was sort of daunting to think about at first. But then I also think about like Du Bois's Pan African conferences and how there's no like we have to get our stuff together first and then go. In, in partner or in exchange it has to be like all at the same time and while that can be daunting to think about it's necessary and it made me think about that conference in that sort of in that um i guess you could say genealogy or within that history which was really cool to think about being a part of that exchange um um yeah, I'm trying to think what else about the conference. I mean, there were some amazing folks. I, I, I felt fortunate to meet um, 
trying to remember the name of the, the group, the um, Ghanaian group. No, it's not a Ghanaian group. It's a Pan-African group that was started by Nkrumah. I think it's like A, triple, triple A, and um, it's off the top of my head. I'm not remembering it. But yeah. there are folks that, that have been doing really amazing kind of cooperative work there. But I think your point is important in terms of like, the amount of work it takes to form cooperatives anywhere <laughs> and then trying to do it from afar. <laughs> trying to do it like across continents, across cultures, across right. time zones. Right. Oof. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. It but is still, a lot. as you said, the website's up. I mean, I think it's, it just takes time. It's yeah. going to take a long time, but the efforts are genuine. Exactly. Exactly. Which was important. Um, what else? Uh, I guess sort of the last question I had. We, well, we can talk about the Pan-African Solidarity Economy sort of stuff. Um, and But I feel like we already sort of have, like with Krishna talking about shipping and like that sort of exchange and trying to literally help each other economically in that way. And, um, but if you guys had any thoughts about if the Pan-African solidarity economy, if that term changed for you all after the conference? For me, I I never considered myself to, well, I'm not going to say never, but I've (laughs) I've always uh, shifted how I consider myself as far as nationhood. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, more more recently, I've been moving into like this uh, Native American thing, the non Asiatic Native American, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, and so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, but um, as far as African, I I can now say that that politically, I'm African mm-hmm. because even no matter how, even if you looked at yourself as a Native American, they would still look at you as an African who somehow got over here to America maybe even before the so-called Native American they have now, but you still wouldn't be considered a Native American. So I would say politically African, and uh, I, I would move on that. As far as uh, Pan-Africanism as a movement, to me, it's, um, it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of people that I see really pushing that is American blacks um, as far as that name that people might call it other uh, words or ideas a lot of people say that they're African but that's because we've been taught to associate blackness with African and so even when they say that I don't know if everyone means the exact same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, it becomes very unclear as to what African is, where is the cutoff point, who is accepted in the movement, who even created this movement and told you that, mm-hmm. and do the people that are there accept the movement that the outsiders have created in honest but truth? It wasn't created by outsiders, but just, um, you know, this goes back to the 1950-something and it was initially created by Nkrumah, mm-hmm. right, um, in terms of pan-Africanism. It's then spread, um, and you're right, I totally agree with you in terms of what we hear now. We hear it more, well, we're he- 
here, so right. we'll hear it more. <laughs> but I do think, you know, there is the African Union, and that is a pan-African Union, right? That, that's the, that's all of the African countries are part of that, and, and now they're doing a whole um, West African, um, like an EU, like a trade thing. And Nigeria just yesterday passed, like, you need, if you're African from that continent, right? Continental, you, you don't need any visa to enter Nigeria. So they're they're doing things to help each other. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of thinking about it. But it's also in terms of, I guess I, I don't understand your point, which was some different ways of understanding African. I guess I only understand, like I, I identify as African, right? I, I happen to be born here, but I see myself as, you know, whether we call it new African or not. But mm-hmm. I, I do think it's... Uh, you know, this movement is a global movement, mm-hmm. um, but the language has changed over time. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's important. I do think it's important. I think it, just to have that notion that that we, we're in different places because of circumstances. Right. <laughs> right. right. We, we're spread all over, whether we're in the Caribbean or in, or in um, North, um, you know, the U.S. or in Canada or wherever we are, um, or on the continent. But at the end of the day, in my view, we're all kind of from somewhere on that continent. Right. Um, and most of us are from West Side, but not all of us. What I mean by that is, is that uh, I hear two stories. So I hear that we're all from Africa. But then I also hear that we were all over so-called Pangea before it split. And so that means that there were already dark-skinned people who were there not necessarily from a particular region. When we say Africa, we, we limit ourselves to a particular region when there are dark-skinned people with curly hair born and originating from all different lands. And a part of what the conqueror wants to do is limit our idea of our, our uh, originality, of where we came from. And so there's no denying that there's majority uh, black people in Africa. So that's the easy one. There's a lot of black people in other places as well. But I don't think that everyone came from one particular location. And from what I understand, that a lot of these people didn't even exist till 6,000 years ago. So, you know, um, maybe even 15,000 years ago. But then they're dating things back to 300,000 years ago for a melanated being that's all over the world. So I don't limit myself to uh, Africa, not saying that I, I could not be from there, because I could be. I don't I don't know what my DNA is. And, uh, you know, I don't know where my forefathers been, but that's what I mean by that. I can respect it. But, you're, but there's still a political identification as African, which mm-hmm. is what um, I, I think that we all agree on. Yeah, that's why I said I'm politically yep, yep. African. So that's, what, that's what I mean by political African. Respect. That's just what I'll be considered no matter what. You know, if I'm an Asian, dark-skinned Asian person, originating from Asia, been there 100,000 years, the dark skin came from Africa to, as far as classification is concerned. So I'll go with that, you know, for the sake of conversation. Respect. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Fair enough. Right. <laughs> um, when I think, actually, lately, I've been thinking about these words like solidarity economy and, like, sustainability and these sorts of things. And, um... When I hear Pan-African Solidarity Economy, it sounds like clunky to me. And But when I was there and it was sort of happening, like I was in the midst of it, 
And I think we talked about this before. Um, the man that said this, all of the solidarity economy stuff is just family principles applied to business keeps ringing in my head. And it feels like it just simplifies everything. It sort of puts the soul back into the term for me, if that makes sense. Mm. And um, so that I've still been ruminating, like just pondering that and pondering the type of language that we use and the energy mm -hmm. and the words, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah it does. Um, so yeah, that's what I think about when I think about Pan-African Solidarity Economy. Like, again, just that phrase of family principles applied to business, which is cool. Applied to business. Yeah, I like, I like that it's good. But I also, if I'm going to push it just a little, a little bit. Please, please. Because um, I wonder if, well, I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of, for folks that are not in, the cooperative space don't think about cooperatives. They just, you know, they're thinking about just regular business and enterprise. And you try to explain it. You say you just use that. That simplifies it in a very neat way. Family mm -hmm. principles are tied to business. Mm -hmm. But I guess when I hear Pan-African and, and, and solidarity economy, Pan-African is really it's just about blackness, right. political blackness. Right. So that solves that. The solidarity economy is a movement. It's a global movement. Right. right. We were just trying to say, like, let's insert blackness in that. Right, so right. That, that came out of Latin America. It's, it's you know, and it's, um, at least in the, that terminology, it's being used as, and it's not just cooperatives, it's cooperatives, community land trusts, mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. banking, you know, just for all these things that are non-capitalist. I was sort of just thinking, when I hear about the things that, the principles that are in solidarity economy, I feel like they're, they're, they could be uh, likened to Kwanzaa principles, perhaps, yep. or like, yep. just things that we do, you know, <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Like, they're yep, just things real. already that are at the core of the ways that we relate to each other as black people. So that's what I, I yep. that's what I mean. I just, I felt like. So even when he's saying family, like principles, like for me, all of that is, I, I sort of brought our family to like extended family, like calling everybody my brother, like, you know, like that sort of energy. But yes, I definitely agree yeah. and can give respect to um, the history of the term. Yeah. No, and his uh, the reason I like what he said is because when you say family principles, that's about caring for each other. Right. right? Like, not that all families do. But that's, <laughs> in general, that's what he means. 
I mean, that's what, he, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about the dysfunction part. Right, yeah. He's talking about how we take care of each other, whether it's blood or not. Like, those are my people. And that's about caring and providing. So, yeah, absolutely. Respect. Um, so, my last question is looking back on the trip, um, if you could describe the feeling you get in one word, what do you guys think it might be? Is there a general feeling that overwhelms you as you reflect? Um, possible or hopeful, I guess, or like, yeah, it's two words, but <laughs> not just I'm hopeful, but like I see the possibility. I mm -hmm. see it as possible, feasible, something. Mm -hmm. I don't know those words. You can go ahead with yours, Malikia. Yeah, I'm trying to think myself. <laughs> um, I, something like... Something about imagination. Like, a, I feel like... It sort of feels like science fiction, if that makes sense. Like, it feels like just sort of crazy to think that we were able to do that and so um i just again to stacy's point i just I, f I see so many opportunities for us to real exchange imaginations if that makes sense and build things from that and so i perhaps my my one hyphenated word is science fiction just because we're from convenings like that we're able to future ourselves into whatever spaces or places we want to be and that's inspiring yeah i'm gonna have to go with my last one is, is the bay area you know and the reason why i said it, it just reminded me of, of being in the bay if it was like you know still under development and ran by majority of blacks that's what it felt like and uh, i felt almost too much at home you know mm -hmm. like i got a little too comfortable after i was doing some of the things i was accustomed to doing here and mm -hmm. just hanging out and, and really just you know it's not it's not the same as here but in my mind i got the homies with me we in the bay you know mm -hmm. that's it. And I, I want to do some more traveling because I, I don't know if it was just there or is it me, you know? Maybe I just travel and bring myself everywhere I go, you know? It just really felt like the best. Word. Well, I appreciate you all. And thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Check us out at repairnations.org. Thank you.